guys can sit. So, uh, you're a pastor. I am. How'd you get into that gig? <laughs> For the money. still waiting for that to work out. Uh, I got into pastoring completely by accident. It was a complete God move. I never wanted to be in ministry. My parents were missionaries. And I was going to do something other than ministry. And uh, got arrested. Uh, my wife and I at a very young age um, with a youth group. And one ministry opportunity led to another. And, uh, and now we're pastoring... Uh, in Orlando at, at the Disney church. Didn't he just skip the actual story right I there? I did, I did. It's a long I got story. I arrested Very and now I'm a story. pastor. Arrested by God. Oh, oh, oh by arrested God. Arrested by God. I missed that detail. Yeah, yeah. What's yeah. your wife's name? Tracy. You got kids. Got two kids, a 24-year-old 20, son named Britton and a 21-year-old daughter named Sarah. And you live? In Orlando. So have you ever been bitten by an alligator? No, but I saw one yesterday. They caught an eight-foot alligator just a block from my house. So, yeah, it's a true story. I'm trying to think. Is there anything else that's really unspiritual that I can ask? <laughs> football team. Favorite football team? Dallas Cowboys. Come on. I don't know. I, I go all the way back to the Landry days, you know. I'm a child of the '80s. Come on. Star Wars guess, and the Dallas Cowboys all day long. I guess I can, uh, I can forgive that. <laughs> I mean, Stanley likes the so Cowboys, much grace. and I forgive so much him. Grace. You know. Anyone else have a random question? How often do you go to Disney World? <laughs> More than than people should. <laughs> Anytime that you're there. Yeah. You can buy ribs for like thirty dollars for one portion. That's true. All right. That's true. Let's go ahead and stand and give Bill a standard gateway welcome. <laughs> standard. <laughs> Thank you, guys. The standard gateway welcome. Wow, that's awesome. Maybe, maybe if you invite me back, I'll get the bonus gateway welcome. <laughs> Silver level gateway, welcome. Much later on, you get the gold level. No one's actually ever achieved anything beyond the standard. The standard, <laughs> aiming high. I love you, man. I feel like <laughs> I feel like I've known you my whole life, and that's awesome. But you know, we're in Christ, and we began in the heart and the mind of an eternal God. So we have known each other from before the foundation of the world, which is why when you meet somebody you've never met before who's a believer, it feels like you've known them forever because in some way you kind of have. It's true. Well, with all this Q&A, then you know enough about me and that's, that's awesome. I, I, I feel uh, normally when, when I come to speak someplace, uh, there's a bit of a, a thing that happens, which is I, I get up and, and you're supposed to somehow introduce enough of yourself to people so that you at least connect with the audience and that way they kind of know who you are and, and it's supposed to set them up to receive from you. But I'm going to do things a little differently here. I think you know enough about me and if you don't know enough about me by the end of this tonight, you, you just, 
we'll, we'll visit, we'll talk and we'll hang out. But uh, I feel like you, you, guys, you guys are, uh, there's a hunger in this house that's very uh, palatable. It's very unusual. I'm not saying that hunger is unusual. I said there's a, there's a particular brand of a hunger. And uh, it's not a hunger from a place of lack. It's a hunger because you've tasted something that's really good. You know, when you taste the presence of God and you see how good he is, you want more. In the, in the world you eat to get hungry or in the, you eat to get full because you have hunger in the kingdom of God, you eat and the more you eat, the more you want. And um, you find somebody who has no appetite for the presence of God. Uh, you find somebody who hasn't spent much time tasting of his goodness. And, and I feel like I'm in the midst of a company of people who have spent considerable amount of time and energy Resting in and tasting of and feasting on the goodness of the Lord. I don't think I've heard so many songs done centering around the 139th Psalm in my life, which is one of the most scandalous Psalms there is, actually. Where David says, Oh God, you've searched me and you know me, you know when I lie down and stand up, you understand my thoughts, and you encompass my path and my lying down, you're acquainted with all my ways, there's not even a word on my tongue, but you know it all together, and you've hedged me in behind and before me, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, it's so high I can't attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and settle in the uttermost part of the sea, your hand will lead me, your right hand will hold me. And if I say, oh, surely the darkness will cover me. Oh, no, it'll be like a light about me for the darkness. The light are all alike to you. I'll praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. He says, marvelous are your works. My soul knows this well. And my substance was not hidden from you when I was wrought in secret, curiously wrought in the lower parts of the earth. And your eyes saw my substance, my unformed substance when it wasn't even fashioned. And, you know, it goes on so much more of the psalm, but the, the part that you guys are singing about tonight, the idea that, where do I go to get away from you, God? I'm hungry for you, but it's only because I can't get away from you and you're amazing. And uh, recently, a young, young person in our church uh, asked a question of us and she, uh, she asked this question of us, and then she asked this question at a conference to a group of, of speakers that were all on a panel, and it wrecked the panel, and nobody could answer the question. The question was simply this. Can you tell us what it's like to be a friend of the Holy Spirit? Tell me what it's like to be a friend of the Holy Spirit. And that question has, has gripped my heart so deeply in the past weeks and uh, I keep just asking over and over again, God, I just, I'm so honored that you call me a friend, a son, a covenant partner, a new covenant partner, your bride, your body, united with you. You told Jeremiah, I knew you before I even formed you, which means you could be known before you were even aware that knowledge could be a thing. So what did he know? Because what he knew is who you really are. You may come to a, a, an entire lifelong quest of awakening to what the Father has always known about you. And the beautiful thing about our fathers, an eternal God does not let what takes place in time 
dictate to him how he can feel about you. That's why the Bible says nothing can separate you from his love. That also includes you. Doesn't mean that he's taken away your ability to say no. But you haven't said yes yet. You just haven't seen how irresistible he can be. <laughs> you haven't tasted how good he is. And once you taste that there's a place of coming to rest in the heart of the Father, it reignites and awakens something within you. It's like I used to, I used to be a hellfire and brimstone evangelical fundamentalist. I wanted to go out and save the world. And then I suddenly realized, wait, the world already has a Savior, and he did a really good job. And now I'm just learning to be a son. I just want to learn how to be a son. And being a son of the Father the spirit of adoption starts flowing through. You start breaking the orphan mindset off of every person you meet because you want God to get his kids back. You want the kids to know that the father's... My favorite line of the prodigal son's story is, while he was yet a great way off, the father saw him coming. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm just enamored with the goodness of the father these days. I really am. When I go to speak at a place... Um, I never take a meeting on the basis of the size of the congregation. I never take a meeting on the basis of, of anything other than this. My wife and some of our team, we sit down together and we pray and say, God, where do we go? What do we do? And so whenever I feel a yes to go to a place, I feel like I'm, I'm there to build family. You know, that's what God is building, actually, is creating a family. He's not building a crowd or a congregation. He's building a family. If he was building something other than family, he would not have called himself father. And that's what he's doing. He's building a family. And so when I, when I go to a place and I feel like the Holy Spirit's led me there, I have the sense of expectancy. I have no expectations, honestly. I have no idea what's going to happen tonight. But I have a sense of expectancy. Expectancy says, I, I know it's going to be good. I just don't know what it's going to look like. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm honored, really, really honored to be with you guys uh, tonight. How many of you have never heard me preach or teach anything before? Never heard? Wow. Fantastic. That'll make this so much more fun. <laughs> uh, listen, before I get too deep into this, because we'll, we'll do some deep stuff tonight. I just, I'm feeling it. You feel like, I, get, I get around some people, I feel like, Oh, we're going to have to stay on the surface tonight. This, you know, this would, be, this would just be a chill surface meeting. No offense to my home church, but I feel that way at home sometimes because on Sunday mornings I get a grand total of 24 minutes to preach because we'd spread it over a number of services on Sunday morning, and so we have a very short amount of time. And I got stories that last longer than 24 minutes, so it's kind of like, man, we just can't go anywhere with this. But uh, uh, I don't know, I feel like we can do some deep stuff tonight. Um, I do have, uh, in the back, I have some resources back there. I just mentioned a couple of them to you. There are, there is a couple of boxes back there, and they've got USB thumb drives in them. And uh, I had a couple of members of my team. God bless millennials. They're so, so stinking smart. They're so cool. And they're like, stop making CDs. Nobody listens to CDs anymore. Good. Because I brought CDs for you. And... Um, but uh, these, this is 24 hours of teaching on identity. 
on who you are in Christ, who Christ is in you, and the revelation of Christ in you, the hope of glory, the mystery of the gospel. So I had somebody come to me at my team and said, hey, you know you've got 24 hours of teaching on identity? I said, no, I don't. I said, yeah, you do. And I realized I actually did. So if after an entire day's worth of teaching on identity, you still don't know who you are, have Tim lay hands on you and take you through deliverance or something. Um, uh, my wife went through a, there's another USB back there called Walking the Power in the Presence of the Holy Spirit, and it's on spiritual warfare. But I don't like the term spiritual warfare because it implies, um, implies that you're trying to basically beat up more on a defeated devil. So we call it spiritual joyfare. Because with joy, you have more fun, you get more done, right? The Bible says the joy of the Lord is your, yeah, when you're, when, when you're doing spiritual warfare, strength is what you need. And for whatever reason, we just like remove joy out of the equation. We get really serious when we go into sort of warfare mode. And that's just a pain. Oh, my goodness. Want to cast demons out quickly? Get really happy because demons hate joy. It's true. Demons hate joy. I've never met a demon-possessed person that likes joy. beautiful revelation. All right, let me give you this. This is good. Demons hate joy and so do religious people. Let's so let you figure that one out. All right. So when you get together and you gather, you gather as believers, just automatically, I don't care how, you, how bad your day was, just automatically purpose to be intentional about getting happy because it makes it easy for us to tell you and the demon possessed people apart. Anyway. <laughs> There's some books back there as well. I won't talk too much about them, but this one I'm really, 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 really happy with. Um, my wife, Tracy, had an auto accident two years ago and had some, uh, a serious auto accident. She had some internal injuries and, and had chronic pain for, uh, for quite a long time. And, and uh, everybody prayed, prayed over and we anointed her with everything we could think of. And, and it was weird because we've seen tons and tons of healing. And, uh, and in this case, we weren't seeing any breakthrough in this. And uh, God was stirring in her um, to pray over herself. And so she started praying this prayer every day. And she was basically saying, Holy Spirit, pray through me. But it wasn't just like, you know, praying in the Holy Spirit or praying in tongues or anything. She was praying in a way where she was like starting to make declarations over herself. And in doing so, she really started stewarding the healing that was happening inside of her body. And she recognized it. And she would start to like write. And God gave her like a page a day for a number of days. And um, I want to give you a, uh, I want to make a declaration over you guys tonight. And it goes like this. Um, This is just one page here. This is what I would hear her praying this over herself every day. And uh, she prayed herself into a place of total healing, which is really pretty cool. She said, body, your ability to heal is greater than your ability to become sick. You're more susceptible to abundant life than you are to illness. You're more inclined to be healthy than to be unwell. You're more vulnerable to wholeness. You're more receptive and responsive to the goodness that exists in the earth. You are wide open to blessing. Now lie down and rest in the bubbling joy of the Father that rises up within you. Every cell is being regenerated. They're taking on a healthy form. You're being filled with the spirit of hope and joyful expectation. Body, soul, spirit, and mind. This is what you were made for. Laughter, love, joy, and purity. This is your destiny. And it goes on. She would pray this out loud over herself every day to the point where by the time she would get done praying, it's like pain would go. As it would return, she could begin to pray it over and over. And, and uh, so what, what is God teaching you to do here? Like, I think God was the author of the pain. He's not the author of sickness, and he's not the author of disease, but he can use anything 
for his glory. And she says, I feel like God is trying to teach me how to walk in divine health. So I'm positioned with a greater uh, 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 revelation of divine healing to release divine healing to others. And I thought like, that's awesome. So since then she's seen so many cool miracles happen at her hands and, and stuff. So I'm like, oh, I love how God teaches us through just about everything.